Hi, I'm Jackie Leonardini. And I'm Brad Wallach, and this is Funny Energy. A show where Brad brings on a friend of his from the comedy world who he believes can benefit from an energy reading. And I'll be honest, that's literally every comedian. So listen, as we cleanse our energy and laugh along the way, this is Funny Energy. Okay, welcome to Funny Energy, another episode, a very special episode. Uh, I'm Brad Wallach, writer, producer, comedian, as always, joined by the energy medicine practitioner <laughs> slash clairvoyant to the stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, don't Jackie. forget that part. Yes, to the stars. Well, that's that's yeah. everything. That's the marketing slogan for this show. That's important. Um, Jackie Lienardini. And it's special because today I'm joined, or we are joined, by my longtime partner, producing partner. This is Tom Brunel. Tom Brunel has been my producing partner uh, <laughs> since 2005. We started together on the Chelsea Handler show, which was the precursor to a little show called Chelsea Lately, where Tom was the showrunner, executive producer, head writer. And I was obviously producer and writer. Obviously, everyone knows that. Uh, and I was on the show. And Tom and Chelsea started a production company when we were doing Chelsea Lately, which I then joined. And we did a lot of different shows out of that production company. And of course, we split ways with Chelsea back in 2015, started our own company and have gone on to produce a lot of fun stuff and, you know, everything in the comedy space. But, you know, in a business where there isn't much constant, you know, Tom has been a constant in my life. I mean, when you really think about it for 17 years, he was at my wedding, you know, <laughs> I've, I've known him from birth before his kids were born and it's a long relationship. So it's great. And I will tell you 17 years ago, Tom, if I had said, hey, come in, let's do it, sit down and talk to an energy practitioner, he would have laughed <laughs> He would have said no fucking way. I have a feeling he's still going to laugh. <laughs> nah, he's he's no, a No, no, well, you know, that was when I was fresh off the buff bus from uh, Massachusetts. So of course it's like get yeah. get out of here. But right. you know, being in California for so long, I think uh, I've loosened up a little bit. Hey, it's a California thing. <laughs> we, we have a we have he has a character that we affectionately call East Coast Tommy. It's like a it's like a past life regression. He goes back into this East Coast mass hole. Like, <laughs> don't fuck with me. Mass you know, hole. I've never heard that word. Before. Oh yeah, oh, really? That's, yeah, that's great. <gasps> it's pretty crazy. Oh, is that like being an intellectual elite or? Oh no, no, no! The complete opposite, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like being a Southie, like you know, it's, uh, oh, Massachusetts asshole. Okay, but with a heart of gold, isn't that what they usually say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then you're in the business of being funny, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can't be that big of an asshole, right? Or mass hole, I should well, say. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Can you be an asshole and be funny? Yeah, we know of a lot of assholes who are funny. So. They hide their being a mass hole behind their humor. Like, oh, I'm just kidding, but I'm really not. Some, but I think that, in Is the that business sarcasm? these days, it's changing. You know, the asshole, you can't be an asshole. Mm -hmm. I think people are you know, they're more comfortable calling assholes out now, which right. is horrific. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas said, no, Thomas said one of the benefits of Me Too beyond... <laughs> Uh -huh. Beyond st stopping sexual assault, uh, <laughs> just all uh, that, <laughs> um, you know, has been also and, and times up it has been 
kind of ridding the industry or, or not even just our industry, any industry mm-hmm. of the asshole of like, you have to treat people with dignity and respect mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Yeah. You just text mean things about them. That's, that's what you do. Exactly. But mean things on social media and then you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so being in the business for such a long time, right. And part of the work that I do with people through looking at energy frequencies and, you know, everything is shifting. The way we relate to one another is is different. And we're trying, I think we're trying to bring it to a level of regard, right? Mutual regard. Now, being in the business that you're in, do you feel like your creativity is being stifled or one hand thinking of all these really funny things or things that you'd like to do? And then on the other hand, thinking, well, wait a minute, I don't know, you know, it's easier for me because I'm not a stand-up comedian. I've never had that desire, just a comedy writer and a comedy producer. He right. doesn't have the looks. But, but, you're, <laughs> but, you're, <laughs> but you're the one that's writing. I mean, you're the writer, and that's right. Right, so. right, right but it's not so immediate. I mean, okay. this is the most I've talked on camera in probably my entire career. In maybe that's my personality. I've, I've always liked to just be behind the scene. So I won't rush to to a camera or a microphone. I'm, only, I'm doing this for, it's a favor for Brad. It's I, he did something for me and that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that you're producing this show too. You know, well, <laughs> it's not a favor to and, you. And you don't, you don't have any blocks that you're, you're wanting to redefine or shift. And oh release. God. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Crazy. I got a thousand blocks. I, I know. I think about them every day, every second of my life. I think about them. So what's creating your anxiety? How long is this podcast? It's <laughs> <laughs> a big question. Mm-hmm. How do you define anxiety? Not being able to relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, I, if I was to describe my life, mm-hmm. not being able to relax. Like I always would make the joke, but I'm serious, that my worst nightmare would be to go on vacation and I'm just laying there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can never do nothing. And I wish I could. I've gotten much better over the years, mm-hmm. but... I don't know what it is, but it's just I have to be doing multiple things, complicated things. Right. When you say you can't relax, is that physically or mentally? Mentally. Mm. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Even when I work out, I got like, I'm like, all right, what am I going to be doing during that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you resisting it then? Because sometimes when we resist who we are, right? Mm-hmm. So you're someone that's always in motion. Really, you're taking in. I would say that you're an empath. So the fact that you you don't have agency over what's coming into your your mind, right, mm-hmm. means that you're sometimes absorbing the person next to you. If I asked you without without a thought, I want you to think. I just want you to respond. Okay. Mm-hmm. What percentage of the thoughts that run through your head belong to you? A hundred percent. Really? That's what I feel. Mm-hmm. My, I'm guessing it's probably not true. Right. But I'm in, truly in my head. <laughs> so you you believe that every thought form that comes in is originated from you? I guess, you know, until you say like that, I've never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's my thought. I mean, it's my thought. I thought of it. Exactly. <laughs> and I would say that it's not. I would say that most of us are thinking things that are from someone or somewhere else. And we think it's our thought, but we're actually programmed to believe certain things that do not originate from us at all. And we're just picking up on it because we are relational beings. And so we have this sixth sense, this ability to kind of feel what's in 
what's happening in the room and we think it's ours, but when we can't stop them and we don't have an ability to say, no, thank you. I don't want to think that right now. And it just keeps coming. That's what tells us that it's not ours. That uncontrollable spinning that we do means it's not within us. Our core of who we are does not spin out. We have agency over our creativity and our well-being. That's the exact statement Carlos Mencia made when he stole those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now, it, I, I forgive him. <laughs> no, it does. It does make a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. What do we have, like sixty to 80,000 thoughts a day mm-hmm. in our, you know, individually and there's no way you could be <laughs> responsible for, for generating for all generating that. all of that right for me it's a daily battle of um organizing and controlling my thoughts i've done it i've done the lists i've done i you know and i go in and out of that Tom's just, a big list guy a list is list and mm-hmm. it's just like and, oh yeah because he has to get it out it's all coming at him it's like right it's like if i sat there and ate a plate of cookies, I got, I'm going to probably regurgitate them because- Hold, hold on, there were cookies here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was well, but that, what, what's funny is, is I actually, let's not take him out of this making list because it's helpful for me because then I know I don't have to make a list. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, Tom's I, got the list. Well, so. I, well, I'm I, not saying I, don't I, make lists. I'm I enjoy saying it. it's a I way enjoy of processing. It. Yes, I enjoy it. But it is like, if I think if I make the list, then that's one less thing I'm going to think about, but it, that doesn't work. It, no. it absolutely does not work. I think about the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the list. But I don't know if it makes me feel better, but I, I do it. Because that's the way you're processing it. And exercise, like you said, doesn't help. It doesn't stop. Mm-mm. Do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, tr- I actually try to listen to music because at least I could just, oh, I'm just thinking about, you know, and still my mind. Well, I, like a lot of people race, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'd, I'd rather do the music. Can't have it silent. The, no, but nobody can. And and this this thought that I'm going to still and quiet the mind, that isn't possible. We are relational beings. We are meant to be absorbed. We are electromagnetic. We're in a constant state of exchanging energy between us. Thoughts are energy. Words are energy. Actions, right? It is a lie to believe that we are to still our mind. It is not possible. Our mind will never be still. Our body is in motion at all times, whether it's visible or not. We are in motion because we are fluid beings. I always believe it's the shadow. It's the dark side that wants us to believe that we're supposed to be still in our mind. Like in Star Wars? Yeah. Darth Vader. (laughs) But... I've tried meditation a bunch of times. Lots of different... Guided, always guided, because I need... Somebody's got to tell me what's going on. I'm not quieting my mind totally. You want to be directive in what you're thinking. You want to have agency over what you're attuning your mind to. Stilling the mind means it's void. There's nothing there, right? There's no thoughts coming in. There's no input. There's no download. That's not possible. So instead of just having random thoughts, you want to have thoughts that are creative and unique to you. You want to say, well, what do I want to think about right now? You want to direct your thoughts. Agency. You want to have agency. You want to attune. So the process of running energy that I practice with people is just about that. It's about attunement. So when I'm running my energy, what I mean is I want to feel peaceful right now. I want peace. And then I'm going to input a thought form for myself, a mantra that's going to help me to attune to what peace is. So the mantra would be, I am peaceful in this moment. I am peaceful in this moment. I am peace. And I would continue to direct my thoughts, 
my words to where all of the energy within me, my mind, body, spirit, and emotions now is an attunement to the frequency of peace. Any thoughts? I'm literally like falling asleep now when yeah. you're talking about peace. peace. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is very peaceful. I am in peace. <laughs> now in that peace, a lot of thoughts may come in, but they'll be peaceful thoughts. It's like opening a doorway. And now I, I am the director. I am in attunement and in harmony with what I want. Instead of in chaos, right, thinking of all these other things or taking in all this energy that's making you feel overwhelmed or anxious, right? I'm saying, no, I don't agree. I'm not going to be anxious right now. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by thoughts that I don't want in my head. They're, that's not for me. You're making a declaration of what you do want. But when you're sitting there trying to get still, I got to be still. What are you calling in? Stillness. Okay. What is that? Then stillness means the doors open and anything can come in. Mm -hmm. You're not saying what you want to come in. Stillness isn't possible because we are energy and we don't cease to vibrate. And if we don't cease to vibrate, then we're magnifying something from some direction. If we can think of everything as magnetism, and then we can think of ourselves as the generator of that magnet. What are we calling to us? It's interesting because anytime I've ever tried to meditate or done, you know, and I've tried a lot, mm -hmm. you know, and even when I'm like, oh, I think it's helped me or whatever, I do feel like a phony. I feel like, ah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing exactly. or whatever like that. I'm like, this yeah. is bullshit. So you know, it's just whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, I can't get over that. Then I stop. <laughs> Because because the premise, the limiting belief that you're holding on to, right, is mm -hmm. that meditation doesn't help me. It's, it's bullshit. I am not capable of being still. There's a truth and a lie in that statement. And so if you let go of the lie that I can be still or I can't be still, you're going to be able to find that agency over your thoughts, over your mind that you don't have right now. Right. How does he stop himself? So even if he's like, okay, I'm going to take agency or whatever, how does he take agency and make sure it's not like, I'm going to meditate over a new idea? I'm not talking about meditation. Oh. I, I don't practice meditation. I practice energy. I practice running energy, attunement. When you're running energy, we're running energy. We're calling in peace. When you say, I want to be peaceful, we're not going to sit here right now and run energy like I practice it, but I actually call in different frequencies of energy and ask it to come into my chakra system. So I run it up from the earth or down through the crown chakra, and I actually invite these frequencies of energy into my energy field. And so I'm giving you the quick way of doing it through a mantra. I am peaceful. You want peace. So start asking for it. Stop asking for what you don't want or you know you can't get, which is stillness, because that's the lie. Mm -hmm. And so when you use the mantra, you're making a declaration of energy. It's not a meditation. It's a creation. I'm co-creating now a state of being that I know that I need and want for my health. His anxiety is creating a lot of health issues for you. A lot of fatigue is what I'm hearing. Yeah, me mental fatigue, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's much better than it used to be. There's no doubt. Uh, probably because I'm talking about it. It's been debilitating forever. Mm -hmm. These thought forms are owning his space and time, and they're stealing his creativity and his ability. A lot of his gifts aren't being enjoyed because of it. And so, and that's what I'm picking up on. And 
But I am very productive. So you're saying if I get rid of that anxiety, I mean, wow, I'm yeah. going to be unstoppable. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe our company could really take off finally. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah because yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? You've been holding out on me, Tom. <laughs> I, but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I was <laughs> but true, because our thoughts are the beginning. It's like we're floating the idea out there. We want that idea to come in and to ground and materialize. So we need to be careful what we're thinking and saying because we may saying, I really want this, you know, terrific success on this one side. And then on the other side, we're saying, oh, I don't know. I mean, this could happen and that could happen and you're in doubt. And so the universe is going, well, which one would you like? Where do I go? Right. And so if you picture these wavelengths of energy coalescing around this statement that you're making. If you're giving the, the electromagnetic universe mixed messages, you're going to be stuck. His brain is so big and it's just out there and he's down. It's abnormally big. It, it is? No. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, I've been tested. It, you, but it's been very positive tests. <laughs> <laughs> but I do wear a very large hat. <laughs> I you really do. do. I mean, I, yeah. 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 And, and those headphones are kind of stretched. Oh, <laughs> but, <I'm>, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, I'm not a size eight. Yet, I'm, I'm, I've been <laughs> you're growing. Away. Well, the steroids, or once they kick in, you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, get hopefully, to eight. It'd be a, a Barry Bonds eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> what am I hearing to say? It's like your Pentium processor is kind of tired now, and it needs an update. And so the update would be, you know, okay, be directive. You know, you're a producer. You're used to directing projects. Direct your mind. Mm. Get not control. Because control has a sense of fear in it. If I can control it, then I'm safe. And that's a mistake that we we all make. We think if we can, I'm going to control my thoughts. I got it. I got control. Well, control is not an ethereal frequency of energy. It is not a creative frequency. It's, it's a frequency that's in fear. I've done that since I was a little kid. I know. Mm -hmm. I mean, constantly. I mean, I, I think a lot of people do, but I've done it to the, to, to the max. So tell me more about that. Well, my father died when I was seven. I was going to ask there. you what happened at six or seven. Yeah, and that was it. My mother was so sweet and everything. She just wanted to be like, everything's great. Everything's great. Wanted to try to make me happy. So we didn't talk about it until she had dementia later. I had some great conversations with her. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so your so your well, mom your what mom. were those conversations? I wanted to know those. Well, we were driving down the street one day when you know she was starting to lose it. And she turned to me and I and said, where's my husband? Where is he right now? And I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. I was thinking it was just me and her. And I go, mom, you know, dad died 30 something years ago, maybe more than that. And she says, oh, good. I thought he was cheating on me. <laughs> <laughs> so the worst conversation turned into an incredible oh, conversation very quickly. But. I still remember the day when I went to elementary school, the day, a week after my father died, and I could see the two kids running towards me to ask me what happened. I remember saying, ah, it's all good. It's all good. So wow. when we suffer a trauma like that, a part of us gets stuck there in that moment. That's mm -hmm. what we call a pain picture, right? And so in that traumatic moment, there's a belief that we develop around it, right, in order to keep ourselves safe. Your mom was trying to mitigate that traumatic experience for you, obviously, mm -hmm. by making it all okay, right? So the less scared, you wouldn't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And we often do that. We often will bypass a trauma 
because we're trying to mitigate the damage, right? We just create it in a different way, right? And so if I can shove it aside, it will all be okay. But then all we do is hold it, right? And then it just stirs inside of us. Mm-hmm. What's constantly on the list is, you know, deal with father's death. It says it, says it right there. <laughs> Usually, like, covers in about eight or nine, and I never get to it. Which is, which is weird. <laughs> no, exactly. I make a joke and I move on. So anxiety is a fear that I'm not capable of dealing with what's going to happen in the future. And it is rooted in I'm not capable. But why does it still exist if I have so many examples of me dealing with it and being fine with the the future with with anything that happens i've i've dealt with it and it's all fine that anxiety because it was fed for so long even though you have examples of the truth it's still the lie you couldn't stop your dad's death i actually could have he was hanging off this roof and i had a ladder and i just didn't make it over there in time (laughs) and he was like no and then to this day i'm like if, if i was faster no no um Oh, my goodness. Okay. But- <laughs> and that's why our company is called Dad's Ladder. Uh, yeah, kind of a little nod. <laughs> yeah. why, I be- oh. why I I feel comfortable in the comedy world. <laughs> Obviously, it's like after that, I was using humor my entire life to, to entertain deflect. everybody. Yes. Yeah. People would come over. I'm like, well, we're not, we're not going to talk about who's not here. I'm going to tell some jokes as much as until I collapse. Mm-hmm. But when I came out to Los Angeles, started hanging around with a lot of comedians and comedy writers, it did feel nice because Mm -hmm. wow everybody i was like oh this is where everybody goes that uh has an issue with something Mm -hmm. and so even though i didn't right away talk about issues everybody else sure was literally we brad and i always make the joke it's like we put together a writer's room and we kind of want to go around the room it's like okay what why are you here and it's going to be the most the horrible terrible stories around it and it would be it would be which is crazy to me like the funniest people are like well, because, really struggling because humor, humor is light. Humor is a gift and it is a way of he- trying to heal yourself. So when you're finding the humor, you're actually trying to find a way and we can heal ourselves. That is the point. We have the capability of harnessing energy, having agency over wavelengths of energy that will bring to us harmony. Harmony is what creates wellness. Disharmony creates disease, right? And so wherever we're feeling disease in our life, if we don't deal with it, heal it, right? Shift the energy field. It will make us sick in some way, shape, or form, mentally or physically, because it's bent energy. Bent energy, pain in the body or the mind, has a big fat lie in it. And the big fat lie is, I have no control. What we do have is an ability to create and to take anything and turn it into light, and that light will heal. Humor is light. And so all of these comedians who are making light of their trauma is an attempt to heal it. And the more you laugh, the more you bring in spirit, because spirit is laughter, that's where you're healing, and that's why you're able to cope. It's a coping, and it is a mm-hmm. really healthy way to cope. And so, but what happened with you? Thank you. No, and it, <laughs> really, and what happened with you is you took the humor too far because you bypassed. We want to look but at where the pain is. If I dealt with it properly, I mean, where would I be now? Well, there, that, <laughs> but, but you, you're so spot on. 
Well, that's what I always say. It's like my mom put me in therapy at age six. So I worked out all my shit at a young age. So it's like, well, I, let's, let's not get carried away. <laughs> no, but, but you know, but it's true. I like, I didn't have that one trauma, you know, and I, I've been so in touch. I'm kind of like, I wish there was something more than just my dad, you know, you wish you had being hard on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, there's capital T trauma and there's small T trauma. And sometimes the smallest things can have the biggest diminishing effect. Right? Yeah, but, but let's get back to Brad for a second. There's been some things. You're Oh, you can't touch money. No, and no, my, to, my anxiety. You're you, you, yeah, no, no. germs and OCD. No, and, crippling OCD. You're right. Yeah, you see, uh, that's why you're at the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if we went around, it'd be like, oh, okay. Right, <laughs> but I can't point to one traumatic event or you know anything and you know people used to always make fun of me oh you're the rich kid who you know it's like i did i grew up really well i I have loving parents who are still married i have an amazing sister like i can't point to that one trauma so i never understood where my anxiety comes from unless it's a a past life it's a past embodiment thing for you but it's also the world has anxiety that's what i mean about being an empath Being someone who can pick up on energy and a lot of your anxiety isn't even yours. It's that you're in a world that has anxiety. And it's Tom's. And it's Tom's. Yeah. yeah. It's Tom's. I give a lot of Tom's. (laughs) (laughs) He's very generous with it. (laughs) But, But Tom, let's go back to your dad for a second because what I love that you said, and I think this is an important thing your dad left the planet when you were seven years old. At seven years old, you had to find your gift, humor, right? That's how you coped. And now here you are, right? And that that is the beauty of it. That is a healing. And one could say, I always like to picture this conversation that happens in the, like in the astral plane before we embody as souls and we know that we're going to connect in a certain way. It's like your dad saying, okay, listen, we're going to come into this place and I'm going to be your dad and you're going to be my son and I'm going to leave you when you're seven, but you're going to be an amazing comedian or comic writer and comedy writer. And that's what, how it's going to go. And you're like, okay, that's a great agreement. You're going to learn how to be on your own and you're going to learn that you're strong and that you're capable. And so I would say the gift in your trauma is humor was that you had to take something that was hard and make it into something. beautiful. What about the other part where I can't have a lot of close relationships and I never want to say goodbye to anybody? (laughs) That's what about part. that? That part's still hanging on, by the way. Exactly. I won't go places because I know, oh, eventually I'm going to have to say goodbye. That's the part <laughs> that we were talking about earlier. But at least I recognize it. I've never used to recognize that. But that's the beast. And that's the beast that's trying to steal the truth. The truth is what I just said. The lie is that you can't say, because we never really say goodbye. There is never a goodbye. We are always connected to people we love. So your anxiety has this fear that at any moment something can be taken from me Mm -hmm. at the root of it is that you believe that loss is true that a goodbye could be forever and that is the lie that i'm trying to get at that you could be blindsided at any time so i must be prepared i must have my list for when tragedy strikes yeah just to clarify the father thing was forever he never came back (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd see. I disagree. Here he is. Tom, this is your life. I, mean, well, <laughs> I didn't know this podcast was doing that. <laughs> all the way What's from Massachusetts. Your- <laughs> That's why I said it's a special episode. <laughs> What's your dad's name? Don. What's his full name? Donald Theodore Brunel. So our name, and I've said this before, is our soul signature. When we say someone's name, we call their energy in. When we ignore someone, we ignore them. And they don't have to be embodied. And so uh, some of my friends are mediums, right? And we've had conversations before. And one of them said to me, you know, when I go to family parties, everyone's there. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. He goes, no, I mean everyone. Like, all of my past relatives, and they're really pissed off because no one in the room is talking about them. And it's, you know, they want you to know that they're there. And so, you know, I thought that was very funny. And then every time- Are they always there? I don't like the idea that we have people always around us. (laughs) They're not, I mean, no. But- the more we think what are, about- What are you up to? Well, <laughs> I don't know, even just taking a shower. Yeah. Like, you know, right. like- a, what is, I mean, there's some, I think we get our privacy. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was at a, I was at a, I held space for one of their mediumships and this man came in and, and my friend says to him, you know- you like to tinker and and the man's wife started laughing. Oh yeah. He's a big, he tinkers all the time. And, and then she goes, your grandfather said, those are really great shelves you built yesterday. And the man started crying and he said, Oh my God, I built shelves yesterday. And so I, I know I was like, okay, this is real. Later found out that medium works for uh, you work for a surveillance company <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or home Depot and sold the shelves. <laughs> sold the yeah. wood. But let's get back to the point of energy and our name is energy. So when we think about someone, again, we're relational beings, everything is reciprocal. Then we call that energy in. We never cease to exist. We can't. We're energetic forces. And so what I think gets us is that we believe that when someone dies that they're lost, right? I'm sorry for your loss or I don't even like to use the word death. I use the word transformation. It's just we don't leave. We just change dimensional shape and form, and we're still accessible. And so to grieve, there's just something to pay attention to, meaning who your dad is to you, what he means to you, what are the gifts that you shared, and tuning into those and feeling safe in that memory. And that memory is what keeps him alive and close to you, right? And so no, he's not going to go to the bathroom with him. Unless he's thinking about him while he's going to the bathroom. And I was the asshole today, I realized. I brought my dad to the studio <laughs> just to taunt you. See, but Tom, my dad's still here. <laughs> Would you do all those jokes on the <laughs> Look. That's nice. Look. But it is funny how Tom, you know, we've all experienced, or not all, but I know there's several comedians who have experienced traumatic loss mm-hmm. uh, like Tom did. And it's just interesting how it manifests itself beyond humor and how people deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they become angry, like Tom's not angry. No. You used to get, there would be moments. Well, but, I, I still get, I, I mean, just like anybody, I would get, yeah, get angry. Yeah, uh, exactly. but, uh, That's what Brad says. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All here comes East Coast Tommy. But no, but nothing, I got plenty of, 
people that I know that I get real, I mean, punching angry on the walls and just mm-hmm. the craziness. And it's just like, no, I n- never have been to that level. I'm sure there's an anger there, but, um, or be, just become I vindictive. I'd see people with their dad and I think, why do they get to have their dad? And I don't, you know, it's hard. It's sad. We weren't going to naturally listen at any moment. We have, you know, an angel and the other guy on our shoulder kind of thing. Every moment, Harvey the, Weinstein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every moment is a moment of choice. Every thought is a moment of saying, am I going to go down the go with shadow and, and have the thoughts of why is that me? I'm the victim, poor me, or my dad is lost. Or am I going to go into the light and say, you know what? I can see where this actually was for my growth and my expansion. Like you said, your humor, your ability to be funny was really honed. That's a choice in the moment you're choosing to be in the light and not give in to the shadow and the lie, which brings more light. But this just came to me to say to you, all of those thoughts that are running through your head all the time, you're allowing them in because it's keeping you from thinking about your dad. The more you begin to think about him, the more you're going to feel that love and that love is what's going to heal you, pushing it away is going to hold you in a space that is in dis-ease and disharmony, but actually embracing it and saying, you know, and talking about him. That's what you should meditate on. Meditate on your dad. Would oh, any of yeah. this make me less funny? Because it's a crucial no, time in our careers right now. I know. <laughs> we started talking well, about that. Is, <laughs> no, but that is a big fear. There's, that's a huge fear of comedians uh, and, and comedic people is, is I don't want to get better. I don't want to address this because then I'll become less funny. Once I, once, if I start taking medication, you know, for anxiety or depression, I won't be as funny. Right. That's, you know, the, that's the shadow convincing you that you need it to be something. And that is a lie within itself. I'm saying, see it in the light, see it that, oh, I use that. That's humor. I'm evolving. Now it's time to let go of thinking that that's the reason I'm funny. Cause that's the lie too. You're funny because you're funny. All right. And that gave you an opportunity to hone that skill. You've evolved past that. You don't need the pain or the lie the kid that lost their dad, who's never coming back and got blindsided in order to stay funny. You need to say, I'm funny. Look, I've shown that I'm funny. Like you said, when people, I talk to people all the time and I'm like, why are you holding on to that anger? Or why are you holding on to this? Because the energy itself, when we feed a certain energy, it becomes something. It has a magnetism to it. It has an amplification. The more I feed a dark thought, the bigger the thought gets. It gets bigger than you are. And that's what, in my business, we call dark beings. And they're everywhere. Yeah. And gosh, we all need to evolve. It's like sometimes those jokes get old. Find a new... I kind of think my material is pretty fresh. Yeah, but you're not. Tom and I make each other laugh all the time. Like we, we, and we realize it's not always funny to everyone else, but that's the key. But you're, and I think I've spent enough, well, some time with both of you, but your jokes are about what's happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. Your jokes are not reliant on you pulling back to age seven and all the pain. No, I, I think if I became a stand-up comedian, I probably would, but no. You would no. have to to fill the seven Netflix hour specials that they've given you. 
Well, right. But it would be. That's just a commentary on the stand up comedy business. Sorry. Seven hours. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying there's too many comedy specials now. Oh, gotcha. P- P- comedians are doing too many. It's like you don't have that much material. Too close together. Brad yeah. thinks they should be spread out, which I agree. Because mm-hmm. then usually the second or third, oh, it's not that good. They should have waited a couple more years. Mm-hmm. So when I'm busy and then I think about my dad, I realize it's him showing up saying hello to me. So why would I ignore him? Mm. That's not cool. And so I'll stop for a minute. And, you know, I will get sad. You can even see, like, I feel a little sad talking about it right now. But then I push through and I go, "Mm, that sadness is a lie because he's right here in front of me. And I could say that I know for sure we never cease to exist, that we just continue to evolve. And if we could all trust that, and find a way to trust it, it would release a lot of suffering from this planet because grief is the gateway for the dark side to kind of take over and ruin ruin our moment, number one, but rule our existence. I'm telling you, this whole dark and light, I can't stop thinking about Star Wars. Well, I mean, the whole thing is like, they, you know, they, the dark side and light side of the force. Yeah. I guess. Star uh, Wars is brilliant. George, yeah, Lucas George Lucas tapped was, into. really yeah, simple. He did. It's dark and light. Yeah. The for, it's about force of energy. And it's like, may the force be with you. That's right. But where are you directing the force? Right. And the more force that something has, the more it materializes. That's why I'm saying. I am at peace. I am peaceful. I am peaceful. When the more you say it to yourself, the more it becomes it because you're putting a force behind it that's going to make it materialize. Instead of sitting there going, I need to be still. I need to be. Well, what's that? What energy is stillness? Stillness is void. It's like an empty room. Great. What's this room for? Right? This is supposed to be for podcasts. But <laughs> Sim can't get a hold of it. Good point of Brian's guy. <laughs> Exactly. So, you you know, and if you don't make a declaration of what it is, then you're going to get all these marauders coming in and just kind of using it for whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Um, what's happening to your mind. A lot of things. I mean, I've done a lot of things like my house. I built an insane deck all by myself and figured out everything and watched a thousand YouTube things and calculated all the wood. I mean, crazy amount of drawings and everything to learn how to do all that stuff. I, I do that a lot with projects. I'll, I'll, I want it to be the most complicated. I'll research it way too much, and it really needs to be researched he to moved, fill up the day. He moved uh, several years ago. He moved his boys downstairs in his house, and so his room was next to there. So he decided he was going to break through the wall and expand the master bedroom and make a big closet out of their old room and everything. And me being me, I'm thinking, oh, God, you got to get a, a contractor. You got to figure, you know, there's got to be this whole thing. He said, no, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> so it is amazing how he does see all these. And then Shannon always looks at me and goes, you know who you married. I mean, I'm not doing any of that. But I'll be like, look what Tom did over our break. <laughs> you know, and it's like, here's, you know, the new addition to his house. But it goes back to that thing where I can't stop. Yeah. yeah. The more complicated, the better the project. Brad and I are working on a very complicated project right now i'll look at it 24 hours a day <laughs> i mean just like and rework it and and all this i design a lot of decks when we're pitching stuff and i'll i'll design five decks before i send it to brad mm-hmm. it is maddening with trying to fill 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 now it, it does help the project so brad's not going to allow me to stop doing that no. <laughs> well. but but it, it it is like i probably could only have to do two but I'll do five before I say, you know, just, just because. 
Well, because then you're you're not able to think about the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so instead, I'm saying you could still do five decks if you want to, but do it from a different place. Don't do it from a fear. I sometimes go to a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always at the I home mean off. a different frequency. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Oh, oh, I, I, <laughs> do it from the frequency of creativity <laughs> rather than fear. You're doing it from fear. Whenever we put or insert fear into something, now that's part of the fiber of the project. So maybe mm. here's the answer as to what's going on. You got to get that fear away from you. How did it feel when you were with your dad? I can't even describe it. I mean, I was so little. I literally can remember like maybe three or four things. And what are they? Uh, I remember one, we were going to hit golf balls or he was, mm-hmm. and it was so hot that he had spikes on and in the road it made the divots in the tar. Then another one where he gave me a dollar. (laughs) And it was, I think, the first dollar bill I ever had in my life. I was, that's about it. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's just like that and, I don't know, like maybe search for another one. I mean, I was so little. I mean, usually it's just pictures and stuff and and not even what my family members told me about And your mom obviously didn't talk about it. Didn't want to talk about it. But instead, what makes you sad is the fact that you don't have a memory of him. Right. Yeah. Obviously, much different for you. You were a lot. You were a lot older when you lost your. So it's like, oh, you had all those I have years. A terrible memory. So I don't have that many memories. <laughs> well, but, no, my but, yeah. I, it's, it's Tom. I, I totally got. I mean, my mom's mother mm-hmm. committed suicide when my mom was ten. It was the same thing. I mean, mom's older than you, Tom. But you know, it was the same thing. We didn't talk. <laughs> Barely, <laughs> you know, they didn't talk about it, and it was, and if, if you know, the abandonment issues that have permeated through her life, oh, you know, yeah. is pretty strong. Now, I don't feel like you have those abandonment issues. Well, I think there's not what the I don't want to say goodbye to anybody. Oh, I guess you're right. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he, oh, good point. He does stick to comedy. Okay, let me do this part. <laughs> Well, I I major abandonment. Oh, never mind. Well, no, I recognize it. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to recognize that part. It's just like, you know, like if I show up someplace, I automatically are thinking about the goodbyes. So let me say this to you. That's where we have to, because you don't have, you know, this, a lot of memories, the visceral experience of your dad would be a way to tap into your relationship with him, Right. So sometimes people have to get to the feeling of love through, you have to think of an event in which they were loving. Or to get to the event, you need to use the love. For you, I think you need to use the love that you know that you felt for your dad and that he felt for you. So use that memory. You don't need to have, you know, thousands of memories of somebody to attune to them Mm -hmm. and be there. Like take yourself back to that moment and allow yourself to go, wow, that was a really neat moment. And in that moment, you'll be able to feel him and bring your relationship into the here and now, Mm. right? But the key is give yourself permission to think about your dad and have that moment, relive the dollar, relive the the experience with the spikes in the tar and, and allow those three or four memories to come in the love and your connection to him is there. You, you've been ignoring him. Basically, he's probably pretty pissed off at you at this point because it's like, gee. You're going to have some explanation. I want my dollar do. back. You know, I just, just the other part of this spike story, this is true. 
there was some kids there and they tried to pick on me and my father told me to fight the kid and I did and I beat him up. <laughs> oh, wow. See, there you go. East Coast Tommy. Yeah, there you go. What'd you say? Mass hole? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the origin late, story. Late 70s parenting. Yeah, yeah. And it's best. While he was best. smoking and yeah, you <laughs> blowing your face. And hitting golf. Yeah, just beat him up, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Stick That's up the for second yourself. part of that story. I remember mm -hmm. that. Thing is, he handed me his um, golf spikes, and I and I went to town in the kid's face. I really did damage him permanently, <laughs> which was like if you know. And then we ran. Uh, so that was a good. Your dad's a great example. <laughs> and on that note, we will wrap this up. All right. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank uh, you. Come both. back anytime. <laughs> Look, I have to say that you know the producing team behind this podcast. I mean, there's somebody out there that's really very organized, very yeah. list oriented. Yes, we, no, we want you to keep making the list. All right. Well, All right. Thank you. thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Bye, thank everyone. You. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Funny Energy. And don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Sure does, Jackie. While you're at it, follow us on Instagram at Funny Energy Podcast for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things funny and energy. We'll see you next week for another energy cleansing. And some real laughter through the pain. <laughs> <laughs>